every time that I start recording, I mean, I'm over, like, I'm over for now, like, communicating how bizarre I think we are in whatever month or week, but now I've been thinking about, like, what I was doing when I recorded previous episodes, um, and I like to do that just to think about, like, uh, number one, all of the cool shit that I do, and number two, all of the weird and mundane and, like, normal shit that I do, too. Like, I just, uh, stirred my magnesium drink. (laughs) Oh, man. What a day. I'm, um, this was actually given to me by one of my closest friends ever, uh, shortly after I had Maddox and I was like, not well, I was not supported very well. And therefore I was not well. And I'll never forget like reaching out to her and being like, I am not coping. And she's like, you don't even know what the fuck to cope with with because you have a newborn. So like here, drink this magnesium drink and get your life together. And so I don't know, like I'm not really a supplements taker, but I will tell you that, um, what the fuck is it called? Feel calm, stay calm. Something like that comes in like this cylindrical container and it makes me feel old. (laughs) But it, I, I mean, like it really does. Like I take it for like kind of like centering and like some like anxiety relief. Uh, and I have been like really hanging out with my anxiety, situational or not. And so here I am. I'm just going to be sipping on my lemon berry magnesium cocktail on this fine afternoon. And with that, I reckon I'll go ahead and get my shit together and we'll get right into it. <laughs> Um, I actually got like some of my most favorite, like just kind of questions and comments and, and whatnot that I've had in a, in a, in a minute. And I'm really excited to get into this episode. Uh, the first question is from Kara in Houston and she writes, hi, Ava. I'm curious as to how you approach recipes. Do you use them? Do you follow them exactly? I'm somewhat new to throwing myself into the kitchen and recipes, and I'm wondering how important it is to follow exact. Am I going to stop clearing my throat at any point during this episode, or or if I'm going to make y'all suffer through that with me? We'll find out. I'm hoping that I can stop doing that. Anywho, Kara, this is a good question. Um, I, I'm not a professional cook. I love cooking. I'm passionate about it. It's something that I find like a a tremendous amount of joy in and from. Um, I think as always, there's nuance here and like a bunch of gray area. It kind of depends on what you're making. It also depends on what you are baking. 
Um, I think generally speaking, yeah, I use recipes for sure. Because like, I, I mean, I don't know it all, you know, and I would never claim to. Um, and I, and I really enjoy making things that I've never made before. Um, I do try really hard. And I mean, at this point, you don't even need to try really hard because there's so many folks out there, um, that are, you know, making and sharing the food that they grew up eating and that is authentic to them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like there's so many YouTube channels and ways that you can drop yourself in to, um, recipes that are really authentic to, you know, like specific cultures. And so first and foremost, you know, depending on what you're making, um, I definitely recommend starting there when at all possible, you know, like if, if you're wanting to make, you know, traditional Korean food, I mean, let's, let's do it right. You know, I mean, and, and also, and when I say let's do it right, like I said, so many people are sharing, uh, both paid for and for free. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're tuning into, into people's YouTube channels and whatnot, um, that's huge because if, if they're, you know, the things that they're creating and sharing are not already monetized, that gives them more of an opportunity to do so. But like, I'm going, I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and trust the Korean woman that's sharing her recipes over anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So first of all, start there. If you're new to cooking or new to a specific recipe, I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, follow the recipe. Exactly. And here's, here's my take on why. Like there are so many folks out there. If you ever, um, <laughs> if you ever go into like the comment section of the New York times, like the, you know, the, there's an app like full of recipes or whatever. It's five bucks a month. And if you go into whatever specific recipe, there's always like a whole, uh, a whole shitload of comments and commentary and some of my most favorite. And I mean, you can find this across the board on, on any blog, um, recipe, whatever. If there's a comment section, I assure you that there is somebody in that comment section that's like, I subbed apples for butternut squash. And instead of using cumin, I used cardamom. And then I switched out the whatever kind of cheese for what I mean, figs, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there is a fine line between like approaching food and recipes with gusto and, and, and curiosity and like wanting to, um, kind of put your own take on things. But like, if you're making something that you've never made before and you are using somebody else's recipe, whether or not you paid for it, if it was in a book or if you found it on a blog and you are like taking completely out of context, you're preparing things in a different way. You are, you know, adding quadruple the amount of fish sauce and then you're not adding any of the x y and z and then you're like this recipe was whack 
like you got to, people have to stop this shit. I mean, it's like, that is like some of the craziest shit that I've ever seen is like, I made this cake and I refused to use this. And then I added in this and I baked it for only 10 minutes. And then I never let it cool. And I just whacked it out of the pan and it stuck. And then it didn't taste right. I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? So like, whatever, follow a recipe. Okay. For starters. And then if you make the recipe exactly to a T and as you cook more and, and as you find your sea legs in the kitchen and you're like, wow, I really have an affinity for fish sauce or wow, I really love garlic or you know what? Like I'm not like a big, huge fan of cumin. I think I'm going to scale, but I mean, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the, there's gray area here, but I think above all else, especially if it's something that's completely new to you that you've never made before, make it as is, make it as it's written, honor that recipe and the person that created it for you to consume and use, um, and hopefully share, right? Like if you dig it, but yeah, you can't be like approaching things all willy nilly until you have like some frame of reference. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're making papaya salad before and you've never made it and you just like leave out the chilies and the fish sauce and then you're like, this is bland as fuck. That's not fair. You know, with baking, I'm, I'm approaching things the same way. Even as somebody that, you know, like I wasn't a classically trained baker. I, I learned from like trial and error and doing it a ton. But I mean, like I didn't go to culinary school or, you know, like a pastry school or whatever. And so even still, if I'm doing R&D for the bakery, um, which I, I mean, in terms of like products that I put out, I don't have like any brand new products, but yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm following recipes and then honestly, like I'm making them several times even to like really be able to understand the intricacies and, and finding the things that I really love about a recipe and the things that I don't, but as I'm sure you know, there's like a little bit more science that goes into baking. And so like, you can't just be leaving out baking powder. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, I remember when I, when I very first started baking, I mean, like as a child and, and reading, you know, in, in every single recipe, I mean, as far as I know anymore, damn near, you know, like a, like a cake recipe is going to call for salt. And I remember as a child being like, that's fucking weird. Why are we putting salt into a chocolate cake? But there's actually like a really great reason why we're putting salt in chocolate cake and, and whatever else, because it enhances the flavors of the chocolate and things like cinnamon and the sweetness in general, you know? And so I absolutely use recipes, like I said, because I'm not, I'm not a professional. And there are so many things that I uh, haven't made that I love that I, you know, want to make at some point. I mean, I have like a whole, I have like a whole fucking folder in my phone of recipes that I, I want to make and try because like, yeah, I'm not an expert and I love to cook. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that somebody has done it better before me. So like, let me give it a chance and make it a few times. And then I can, and then I can go ahead and decide if and where 
you know, there's like necessity to scale or enhance. You know what I mean? I hope that helps. I am excited for you in your kitchen journey and as you get in there and explore. And I think that you will build more confidence in yourself. And I think that you will find yourself trusting yourself a little bit more and also just enjoying the process if you can ultimately give give recipes a chance and don't be scared, you know, get in there, but get in there the way it's written the, fr- the first few times and then decide. Anywho. Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right. The next one says, hey, but I remember you gushing about the buttermilk chicken and it's on my list for things to make for fall. What are your favorite side dishes? So... This is in reference to Samin Nosrat's uh, buttermilk roast chicken. And when I tell you that it is the roast chicken, it, it, it just is. And that's my point blank. That's the hill that I will die on in terms of roast chicken. I don't fuck with any other roast chicken recipe. Honest to God, I think that maybe before this recipe, for whatever reason, roasting a whole chicken you know, even as, as recent as like three years ago was hella daunting to me. I was like, I don't you're just going to put a whole ass chicken in. How do we know when it's done? How, you know what I mean? Like, what if the skin is flappy? What if like, like gross and slimy? And so for the longest time, you know, like the Thomas Keller recipes and like all of, you know, the, the Julia Childs and all of these recipes that are revered in our culture and other folks' culture, I was like not trying to fuck with that at all. And then um, I want to say maybe for real, like for real, I have made maybe one other roast chicken recipe in my whole life. I can't even tell you what that is. But Samin's roasted chicken recipe, y'all, it just doesn't need to be fucked with. And there just is no other chicken. And I realized that this question was about... (laughs) was about side dishes but like just give me a moment to sit with the idea of this roast chicken and how glorious it really is because when I tell you you don't need another recipe you just don't it's the simplicity for me it's the simplicity it's that it's like damn near foolproof like hella minimal ingredients and just I mean like the instruction on it the timing on it. I mean, I have never fucked up this chicken before. Even when I moved into the apartment that I'm living in and my oven was literally probably, I don't even know. I mean, I would not put it past any, like if this oven was like 30 years old. I mean, this oven was like really on top of Shamble Mountain and like didn't heat properly at all. Um this oven was like a hunk of junk and it was not my finest buttermilk roast chicken, but I mean, we were working with what we had and it was still so good. Like I'll never forget being like, the coloring is kind of off and like, I don't, you know, the skin didn't get as crispy, but above all else, if you're looking for a roast chicken recipe this year, just, just find that recipe. And yes, like I know that there are so many people out there that are like, oh my God, like salt, buttermilk. I mean, like there has to be more. And y'all, like there really doesn't. Especially if you 
have the means and are able to get your hands on like a really good quality chicken, like that's kind of how I feel about meat in its like purest form anyways. You know, like if you're eating meat, like with my steak, I don't really want it fucked with. Like I want salt on my steak, you know, like occasionally fresh cracked pepper after it's done cooking. But for the most part, like I'm not trying to have a bunch of shit on my steak. Um, and the same goes for like really lovely, really quality, anything that you get, but like, especially poultry in my opinion. And so sure, I've made this fucking chicken so many times that yes, admittedly I have done, you know, some lemon, some garlic. I put herbs in the cavity. I've like steeped some herbs in the brine, whatever. But I'm telling you that none of that is actually that necessary And you should, again, see, this is like where following a recipe as is, just follow the recipe, you be the judge. And then like moving on from there, y'all want to get crazy and like add some other herbs, spices, citrus, do your thing. (sighs) I love that chicken, y'all. Anyways, back to the sides. Just like I could bang on about this chicken, I could actually really bang on about side dishes for this chicken because I love a side dish. And also, I mean, you could go so many different ways. I'm trying to think back on some things that I have made to go along with the chicken. And some of the things that come to mind are fondant potatoes, which are seemingly bougie, but are not. I mean, like they're actually really easy to prepare and just the way that they are, I think they are cut and prepared. They look fancy as hell. And I mean, it's like a potato sliced or peeled rather. And then like the cops, the tops cut off and then you cut it in half and people are always like, wow, this is so like, that's just half of a potato boo. It's not that fancy. Um, I also really love roasted vegetable anything. I mean, like really for real, I can't, I can't think of a single vegetable that I don't love more for whatever reason, unless it's like raw. No, we're not going to get into semantics, but like I love roasted vegetables. Okay. So one of my favorite things in the fall, obviously, um, like roasted Brussels sprouts. And I usually just do like a real heavy glug of good olive oil, salt, lemon zest. And then when they're done, just like some squeezed lemon juice over the top of them. What I will say about roasted vegetables, anytime that you're making them is to like, make sure that your pan is hella hot so that you're getting like that like real good crust and coloring on the stuff that you make. I also really love roasted broccoli and I don't fuck with broccoli in its raw form. I feel the exact same way about cauliflower. I love, love, love roasted cauliflower. You would not and could not pay me to eat raw cauliflower. Okay. That's a lie. I'm thinking about like some anyways, like a, a, a floret of cauliflower dipped in ranch is not, is not my shit. So Roasted veg, anything. Um, Also, 
shit, what else have I made with the chicken? Um, I've done like a, like a butternut squash salad. Uh, I roasted the squash and caramelized some onions and roasted some garlic and then added some dried unsweetened cherries and some toasted pepitas when it's done. That's really good. Also, just like salads. And so like the, the same thing that I just said, like that warm kind of butternut squash salad, you could also do in kind of like a, a top greens with like a lemony vinaigrette or something like that. You could approach it that way. Uh, I've done like a warm potato salad with um, like crispy pancetta and Dijon and chives. And that's really good. You could do various kinds of gnocchi. Um, man, now I like want to make a list of <laughs> like potential side dishes for, you could do like um, an orzo salad too. I think, I mean, I, I think that usually how I approach is like veg starch type situation. And so start there and then use whatever like in season like local produce you can get your hands on and get creative um and also like keep it hella simple i don't you know like the chicken is the star of the show i don't think that you need to like i mean are you preparing for a party are you not and even if so i don't know keep it simple like i said do a roasted veg do like a warm potato salad. Honestly, that's probably where I would start. And I hope that helps. And continue talking about the chicken <laughs> and spreading the love of this chicken because it never gets old to me. It never will. Um, oh, I love this one. Hi, Ava. I'm a member of your Facebook community, Feed Me a Story, and I found your playlist you made for the group, and I'm in love. What inspired you to add the songs you did? Okay. First of all, thank you so much because if I could get paid to do anything in this world, aside from writing, I want to get paid to create playlists for all the things, all the people, all the life experiences, and apparently all the Facebook groups too, because I love music but I also just really love a curated playlist. I really do so much. I mean, like when I tell you that I have a playlist for everything, like it's not an exaggeration. I have a playlist for uh, giving birth that I used for both of my children. I have playlists for like various playlists for the gym, right? Like what are we, how, what are we doing that day? Are we like really hitting the weights hard? Uh, are we like really focusing on some conditioning and cardio moments? Um, I make playlists for people that I love. I have a playlist that I listen to in the bathtub that's called bathtub RX. And you can actually find all of these on Spotify. If you follow me, Ava Truckee, most of these are public. Um, and I have a playlist for the food and storytelling 
community that I started on Facebook called Feed Me a Story, titled Feed Me a Story. And I really wish that I could give you more of an answer as to like how and why I added the songs that I did. I can't. (laughs) I mean, like, I have like a very vast and wide taste in music. And I think that that's pretty evident in most of my playlists. Um, but also I have many moods when I'm cooking or baking because I bake and cook for lots of different reasons. And sometimes it really is like just out of necessity. And so we're turning on just like vibes, uh, half the time, you know, that, Scarlett is into, um, Maddox, who is one also has like already has his favorite songs. And so, but also there have been times where it's like, I'm making dinner for a date. You know what I'm saying? And so like, I'm sexy, slow jams or like sultry tunes. There's songs on there that are like, um, I don't know, like songs that you would, that are kind of cool and catchy, like in the background, but don't, um, sort of like take over the whole, the whole room. There's like old songs and new songs. And I just love playlists. (laughs) I really do. I really love making playlists. And it's really just because I love music so much. I mean, if you know anything about me, I am constantly listening to music as a child. I listen to music going to bed. Like I had a tape player next to my bed and I would, you know, like play it. And then I would like be dozing and it would like reach the end of whatever side one. And so it would like wake me up and I'd have to switch it over to side two. And I would do this like back and forth until I actually finally fell asleep, however long later. But music has always been super important to me. Um, I think that it's like one of the easiest and purest forms that we can connect with other people. And so I don't have a definitive answer for you. As you can tell, if you downloaded that playlist and you listen to it often, there's all sorts of shit on there and it's all sorts of stuff that I, that I love. There's like hype songs on there, love songs on there, songs that are specifically about cooking, but actually not really that many of those because I love, you know, like, I don't know, punny shit is cool, but I don't love when shit is like real on the nose. You get what I'm saying? And so anyways, I am just tickled that y'all are listening to that. And, um, it's actually like a pinned post in the group. And whenever we have like a new member or somebody that just like fell upon the, whatever, the, the thread of, you know, that here's a playlist, you know, like, let me know what you think. It'll always pop back up. Right. And I just love, you know, like, oh my God, I just discovered this and I love it so much. Like, thanks for making this. And then, you know, people have like requested stuff that I've added. And so it's really cool. It's just like another opportunity for me to connect with y'all in a different way. And Hey, (laughs) shameless plug. If you need a playlist created for any experience or, uh, like milestone in your life, I am for hire. I would love to make you a playlist. You need a playlist. I got you. 
reach out to me at yoursandbutter at gmail.com and let's make magic together. Like I really will. <laughs> you need a playlist for every occasion. I got you. I'm like Hallmark, but for playlists. Again, <laughs> thank you for even like writing to me about that because it really just, it made my day. And this last question that is not even a question, it is a request. And speaking of hills that we're dying on, let it be this. Benny in NYC says, yo, I work in the industry in NYC and I'm writing in hopes you can give the industry as a whole a shout out. I have been a fan and follow of yours since the NYTCC days and it would mean so much to me. Thanks. First of all, can we just, can we just, and to be really honest with you, I think that speaking about the industry as a whole and like potentially, this is something that's kind of like been pressing on my heart for a beat. I would love to connect with some of y'all that are in the industry that have like you know, been in the industry. Some of the people that I love the most have been in the industry for a really long time are like what we would consider lifers. Um, the industry has like a very special place in my heart. And even if you feel like you can't say that for yourself, I assure you that in ways it does. And also in lots of ways it should. And so without further ado, can we just have like a round of applause and also a moment of silence? And also, can you get out your wallets and support your local industry workers today? Because what the fuck y'all? I mean, for real. So I, nothing that I am going, you want me to give you a shout out. Here's your shout out, shout out to the industry workers. But honestly, like that's not even, that's not enough. I mean, like this is a conversation that I want to have with folks that are doing it, but also there is so much depth and not okayness and beautifulness and fucked upness that is our like food and bev industry. And uh, I mean, from, from, from all sorts of standpoints, like, I mean, how do you want to approach it? You want to approach it like, uh, in, in the midst of a pandemic or just the intricacies within, you know, like being an industry worker, what you're exposed to, um, the shit that you put up with, uh, how fucked your paycheck is, how discriminatory it is, how racist it is. I mean, like, where do we even, where do we start? But I think for the most part, just from what I know from the folks that I love most who are in the industry is the industry is fucked and it is hurting so bad right now, right? Like the industry as a whole. And I'm real careful to, to really talk about it in a way uh, as though, you know, like I'm, I'm in here and experiencing it. Like I own a micro bakery, Right. And so like, I, I do understand, you know, and I can, I can relate to bits and pieces of it, but I mean, like my best friend is a, is a bartender, you know what I mean? And like, I, I mean, I'm not doing that shit. And so we really are though, like we're in the midst of like this reckoning within 
the industry in, in terms of like standards, wages, um, as the consumers, like, you know, how we are showing up in, in industry spaces and in restaurants and bars and like, it is a mess. Every single person that I know that works in the industry is so overworked, so underpaid, the, the bodies, right? Like there are no bodies. Like it is so understaffed people, you know, like business owners are having to like basically hold on to and hire bodies that they wouldn't normally because they don't have a choice, right? Uh, a lot of business owners are also, you know, and, and this is a good thing, have also been forced to kind of reckon with what they're, how they're showing up for their employees, like, have y'all been taking care of them? Have, you know, before and during this pandemic? You know what I mean? Like, there are so many good places here in Denver. I'm thinking about cart drivers specifically, um, which is a, they do pizza. I mean, they do lots of things, but it's a pizza joint up the street. And like, that's like, they're taking care of their folks. I mean, like I'm not an employee there, but just like from the time off, the times that they've been closed, um, you know, I, during holiday, but you know, where other people are like dollar, dollar, dollars, like we have to stay open. These people are like, our people need a fucking break because they are constantly getting their shit kicked in day after day by whatever, like the world that we currently live in. But also there are too many people with outrageous expectations for industry workers right now. I mean, in terms of like patience and understanding and like a very small amount, really, in my opinion, of like lacking compassion and like just having some fucking act right in in public. You know what I mean? Like wait times are longer. People are like severely understaffed. You know what I mean? Uh, like there are ingredient and like product shortages and it is... I wish that it, I wish that I could say that it was like shocking, right? Like some of the behavior that I know about or that I have witnessed with my own eyeballs that people are in here acting a damn fool in these establishments because of whatever, right? Because if they waited too long for X, Y, and Z or like their cocktail didn't get put out in time or I don't know, y'all, like if we're having like all, you know, do not be going into restaurants like acting like you are owed a damn thing. Okay. <laughs> like restaurants, cafes, bars, distilleries, breweries, whatever the case may be. Like, just like we get like keyboard warriors, you know what I'm saying? Like we also get these people that apparently like lose all sort of like sense of self and intelligence and act right when they step out into public and think that they are like owed. But I, and I just, I mean, sure. Like we all love a great service moment, you know, like if from, from the host, like you have all these touch points, right? Like when you step into an establishment from the host to the ambiance, to your servers, to 
like the meal itself or whatever product itself to the way that it, you know, like when you're checked arrive and blah, 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 you know, like we have all these touch points and opportunities for, to like be soft and to be appreciative that like, I own a micro bakery, like I said, but I am not out there, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week on my feet, like turning out meals for people that are like less than appreciative. So anywho, if you work in the industry and you want to like kind of sit down with me, uh, we could do it on Zoom. You can write in like any sort of commentary that y'all have, questions, uh, pieces that you want to add. But I would love to dedicate a whole episode to y'all um, for just being out there doing what you're doing because I, I mean, I can't even imagine on a real small scale, I can imagine, but I just really cannot. And so like, if you're going to dinner this weekend or whatever, you're going to go to your local coffee shop. I, if you have money to eat at a restaurant, you have money to tip and then you have some more money to tip in addition to that. And if it is like taking a beat to receive your coffee order, you say thank you with a smile on your face and then you leave a fat tip and then you take your ass out of there and you don't mumble and groan about how long it took and yada, yada, yada. Like in its simplest form, you know, like when we're thinking about taking care of our community and doing like minimal shit, this is it. You know what I mean? Like if you want to be a consumer in this way, like here's your opportunity to just like flex some of your, I am a good person type shit because they need it. Our industry needs it because it's hurting. And I love to go to dinner just as much as the next person. And so I know that I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that like, I appreciate y'all. So Benny and NYC. Thank you for hanging out with me since NYTCC days. And thank you for reaching out here and hug your, hug your local industry worker. Consent is everything. Ask him if you can first. Uh, but above all else, tip your industry worker and tip them well. And I will catch up with y'all next week. <laughs>